0: episode 67 i am pj glaster joined always by joe malfa joe we got college hoops now to talk about of it's course, back. Football, <laughs> college football nfl nhl nba still going on but now we got college hoops back and uh i don't know if you saw the uc riverside arizona state game last night you saw a clip of it A crazy court shot
1: this absolutely only, bonkers
0: this is only november joe this we had, november. had
1: virginia loose to navy already yeah. i mean this is how many? Know,
0: a handful of teams have already lost high games. Down to Akron. Uh, I mean, yeah. See, that's the thing. Early season college basketball. Uh, the sports books are terrified because they throw out these numbers, not really knowing what to expect. Right. And if you hit on the right underdogs, you can you can do pretty pretty well. So we'll start with college hoops because we always have the State Farm Classic to open the season. This year it was Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State. But now we are treated with two mega showdowns. And they're both on-campus sites, which is fantastic. Villanova's out in L.A. tonight, getting ready to play UCLA. And then Texas will be at Gonzaga tomorrow. Before we get into the State Farm uh, Classic and recap that, just talking about those two top five games, you more looking forward to UCLA-Nova or Texas-Gonzaga?
1: I think I'm looking more forward to Texas-Gonzaga just because I want to see what Beard looks like for Texas and and how that team comes out to play. And also Chad Holmgren for Gonzaga in that spotlight, still with Timmy back. Like there's, there's still a lot of intrigue for Gonzaga as a top team. There's a lot of intrigue with Chris Beard uh, being at Texas. Now there's more unknown to that game. The other game with Nova and UCLA, both teams have returned so many guys. There aren't really any unknowns there. So we know what UCLA is going to be um, with, with Juzang. We know what Villanova is with Gillespie. Like, we know those teams, how those coaches coach, how those teams play. We don't necessarily know what the new Gonzaga is going to look like without uh, – with the guys they lost and with with Holmgren coming in. And uh, we saw them already in one game. where They played a crappy team and they kicked ass. But, like, totally different than what this is going to be. And Chris Beard, again, we know what he's about. What's he going to be with the Longhorns? So, that's that's where I'm looking.
0: I completely agree with you. I think everything you said spot on. It's just the unknown with Texas. They've brought in right. so many transfers. They bring in Marcus so Carr many from transfers. Minnesota.
1: I didn't realize how many transfers Kentucky had the other night, too, by the way, in uh, that Kentucky-Duke game. A lot yeah. of transfers. A lot of transfers.
0: That Kentucky-Duke game is phenomenal. We'll touch on that in just a sec. But, uh, no, I'm with you on Texas-Gonzaga. I'm excited for that game. You know, Gonzaga is – last year was kind of the uh, – that was kind of the outlier with their team is built through great guards yeah. with Kispert and Suggs. You think of Gonzaga and you think of the big men. You think of Rui and Brandon Clark and all the good ones that they've had through the years. Even Adam Morrison, if you want to consider him, he's more like a small forward. But uh, they're usually, you know, built through their big men. And now they got maybe the two best in all of the country, Timmy and Holmgren. So that'll be fascinating. And like you said, with Texas, I expect them in February and March to be really, really, really good. But when you bring in all those transfers, even as good of a coach as Beard is, I think it'll, it'll take some time to mesh. So interested to see them going up against the number one team, how that'll look. Villanova, UCLA. Joe, I'm interested in UCLA. A lot of people think that they're the best team because they got to the Final Four, because they literally return everybody. They bring in a five-star. They bring in Miles Johnson from Rutgers. But I look at it as UCLA very easily could have lost in the first four to Michigan State. So, even though they would have brought back everybody, they would have been a top 25 team, they definitely wouldn't have been number two. But because they made it as far as they did, because we saw Juzang and Jaime Haquez and Tiger Campbell playing all those big spots and come up clutch, um, they're number two. So, I'm interested to see them against Villanova and probably the best coach in the country in Jay Wright. That'll be yeah. a good matchup. Um, But real quick, that State Farm Classic. So you had Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Kansas. Kansas looked great. They're still missing Jalen Wilson, so they're going to be loaded. It's going to probably be Texas and Kansas in the Big 12. You don't want to count out Baylor. They're defending champs, but I think they just lost too much uh, going up against those two teams. Um, Michigan State, you know, Izzo, just the last couple years, he's kind of had trouble getting that guy. He's had Draymond, and he's had Denzel Valentine, and he's had, uh, you know, like... Miles Bridges never really
1: panned out, you know? Right.
0: Bridges was never really the superstar that he wanted. Izzo's at his best when he has the Valentines and the Draymonds who are like the point forwards, who can score, who can assist, a do-it-all guy. And he's kind of struggled to have that over the last couple of years. Cassius was
1: great, but just totally different guy.
0: Exactly. And I think that could plague uh, Sparty this year. Kentucky Duke, though, um, those are Great not game. number nine and 10 teams. No, in the not at all. <laughs> those no. are two top five teams in the country. Yeah. The pace of that game, there's a reason all those guys were cramping because for that to be the first game of the season, you're practicing against your teammates and then to get thrown out in that with the excitement of the season and fans back and playing at MSG. What a game! Um, and everybody's already touched on it. But we went into the game talking about Ben Caro, Paolo Ben Caro. But Trevor Keels, he played at Paul six VI in Virginia. I've seen him play many, many times. I knew he was good. I didn't know he was that good. He is special. Coach K has got himself uh, two super, super freshmen. And look, with the way Virginia looked to open the season, Florida State will probably be pretty good. We'll see what Syracuse turns into. But I think, Joe, in the ACC, it is Duke and everybody else.
1: Absolutely. Carroll was terrific. I, I didn't know what my expectations were for him, but he exceeded them all. But going over to Kentucky, like, just all the guys they had transferred, I didn't realize they had so many. Like, I knew they had a couple. Yeah. I knew uh, Grady was talked about a lot from Davidson, and um, I talked a little bit about um, uh, Frederick from Iowa, right? But, like, I didn't realize they had so many guys. I still don't know how to say the center's name. Uh, she yeah. was right. <laughs> um, And then like the other guys that they have in their tie tai is So good. I mean, Kentucky and Duke are back this year after both having down years yeah. last year, those two to your point from before, like they will both be, they might both be top five teams next week already. I mean, that, there could be that drastic of a shift in, in yep. the voting and they will both be top five next week already.
0: I agree. Great game. That, that lived up to the hype. And uh, how about all, you don't realize how many Kentucky players play for the Knicks sitting on the sideline. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Manuel Crickley, Julius Randall, Kevin Knox, New Orleans Noel. So uh, that was cool that they got. I And Obi to-
1: Toppin because his brother was brother,
0: there. Right. Yeah. So uh, it was pretty cool that they got to see them play. Over to college football now, Joe, uh, pretty solid slate this week. Definitely some teams on upset alert. We had a shakeup, obviously, in the playoff rankings because Michigan State lost. Real Purdue, quick, man. did you? Did Purdue
1: you, only beats top three teams. They really
0: do. That's all they do. And they hurt you in best, best bets as well. You were not the only one that liked uh, Michigan Big time. State. Um, did, uh, did you love the committee putting Michigan at six and Michigan State at seven?
1: I didn't love it, but I appreciate that the committee is not married to just putting one team ahead of the other because of the head to head. And they're looking more at the body of work. Nobody would say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are better than the Buffalo Bills. Nobody would say that uh, the New York Jets are better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Nobody would say that the Miami Dolphins are better than the Baltimore Ravens. So why just because, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why just because Michigan state beat Michigan, are they better? It was one game. Michigan controlled the entirety of that game and collapsed late and Michigan's resume elsewhere is significantly better than Michigan State's so I appreciate that they did not just focus on the one game I don't love it because they're sending a direct message and precedent that should Ohio State and Oregon continue to win and depending on how other things go if it comes down to to oregon and ohio state potentially for the fourth spot um they very well might slide ohio state over oregon and kick oregon out that's what this told me is is that precedent they set that just because you beat a team head to head doesn't mean you have to be ahead of that team for now oregon's still ahead of ohio state but if all of a sudden oregon starts winning close games in some of these random tough pac 12 games and ohio state starts beating teams pretty well they might flip flop those and you know if, if Oregon loses a game but still wins the Pac-12 championship and Cincinnati is there and Ohio State's there, it's telling me that they're willing to move Ohio State ahead of Oregon, even though Oregon has that head-to-head win. Um,
0: look, I think Oregon's in trouble this week. We've talked about it. I can't see them going the entire season and staying with one loss. Uh, and the way Stanford's looking these days, boy, that loss is looking worse and worse and yeah. worse. The Big Ten, though, controls so much of this. You're right. Now Michigan, after that Michigan State loss, they control their own destiny. They oh, win Penn oh, State yeah. this week. They beat Ohio State this week. They get to the Big Ten title game. They're in. Um, and they win the Big Ten title game. They're in. So Michigan, Purdue did them a huge favor. Oklahoma, Baylor is very intriguing to me. TCU is one of my best bets. I had a feeling they play really well. Baylor, look-ahead spot to Oklahoma. And here we go. Now they play the Sooners and Oklahoma's coming off a bye. They've been skating by with all these one possession wins. Now they get a team where I know is going to get a lot of underdog public love in Baylor. You more intrigued by the Michigan Penn State game or the Oklahoma Baylor game?
1: Oof. I think it's Oklahoma Baylor for me, just because for me that the Big 12's not dead yet um and their top ranked team is an undefeated Oklahoma how many times have we seen the last few years whether it was with Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield when Oklahoma has had a record like this they've been two or three mm-hmm. the committee even at nine and oh still has them at eight so for me that's a more important game because first of all if Baylor wins the Big 12's goose is cooked I mean the 100%. Big 12 is fully eliminated yes from contention of the playoff if Baylor wins right but If Oklahoma squeaks by 23-21, what does that mean? If Oklahoma kicks ass, all right, they vault themselves back up into the picture and help the Big 12's case out. So um, for me, like the the Big 10, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan, like someone's getting into the playoff at all likelihood. And and Penn State could spoil that with a win and, and knock out one of those teams in Michigan. But the Big 12 is a team that outside of the very first year, when they had TCU and Baylor, have they ever been left out? I think that was the only year off the top of my head that they were left out of the playoffs. So they're in danger of that happening again for the first time in a long time, if memory serves me right. Um, And and that game means a lot to to that purpose, Oklahoma-Baylor.
0: Yeah, I, I think it helps Baylor a lot that it's a noon kick. If it was like the 7.30 ABC game and Oklahoma had to wait all day, that's just the kind of game that I think They would just find a way to win. But 11 o'clock start, local time, you know, you just – you never know, traveling on the road, early wake-up call, stranger things have happened. Um, I'm probably with you. Michigan-Penn State will be a great game. What fascinates me is that both James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh have been so bad in these spots. Franklin can't beat top ten teams, and Harbaugh can't win games on the road as, like, a short favorite. So something's got to give in that one. We'll see who wins. Baylor Oklahoma um you know I love the trend when a team has a look ahead spot they lose like Baylor did against TCU and then you bet them the following week against Oklahoma so I will bet Baylor but I am a little afraid that Oklahoma is probably going to cover the spread and win they've obviously been playing a lot better under Caleb Williams and the thing about barely
1: beat Kansas though in that game which really was a head scratcher. yeah that (laughs) just made no sense
0: um, the one thing I will say about Oklahoma, those teams with Kyler and Baker and all those in the past, they usually have already hit their stride. And then when they get to their, the playoff, they fizzled out. I think the one thing that OU fans maybe could bring them some excitement is the fact that this team obviously has nowhere near hit their stride. And now with the schedule ramping up where you get Baylor and Oklahoma State, you can start to maybe kind of hit your stride, Iowa State as well and that can catapult you into the playoff where you can start playing some of your best ball. So, uh, you know, I still think Oklahoma controls their own destiny just because they're Oklahoma, they're undefeated, and other dominoes will fall. Um,
1: That, that, what you said right there, that, what you said right there, the other dominoes will fall, that's that's what helps them out. Because, all right, you look what's ahead of them, right? Michigan State and Michigan and Ohio State all have a loss. That's going to play itself out only one of those three teams is coming through for sake of argument. It's Ohio state. That's the most likely thing. That's what we'll say. It is All right. Yep. Georgia is in that's, there's no shot they're losing before Alabama. And even if they lose to Alabama, they're still in. So that's Correct. one spot gone. Correct. Let's say, well, let's say Oregon's going to lose. We think that's going to happen. Okay. And let's say though, that Bama goes through, and loses to Georgia, right? Yep. So we're talking Georgia's in, Ohio State's in. Since he runs the table in. it leaves that one last spot, which if Oklahoma wins out, oh, I guess you're right. Now that I'm I'm going down here, I take that back. You're right. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm eliminating my own processes here.
0: (laughs) So to me, the interesting thing would be if Oregon wins out and Cincinnati and Oklahoma both go undefeated, do they give it to Oklahoma or do they give it to Cincinnati? And I think they'd give it to Oklahoma.
1: I think they give it a Cincinnati just because, again, they're already sending us that message right now. They, these rankings are not an accident in leading up to the final ranking. If they thought that a 9-0 and Oklahoma was better than a 9-0 and Cincinnati, they, I wouldn't necessarily say they would have Oklahoma ahead of Cincinnati, but it might be 5-6. and six. They right now have a 9-0 and Oklahoma behind a one-loss Michigan and a one-loss Michigan State with Cincy ahead of those teams. So they're telling us they already like Cincy more. But As of right now,
0: though, I mean, again, Oklahoma's still got so much meat on their schedule. They have so many big games. I look at it as the committee, this committee, I truly feel like looks at it week to week. We've had committees in the past that project, right? They're just like, this team probably shouldn't be number three, but they look like the number three team in the country. Like Oklahoma has looked like number eight. That's why I, I love it because again, they've struggled with Kansas. They barely beat Tulane. They've won all these close games. They haven't looked impressive. But if you beat number 13, Baylor, if you beat number 11, right, Oklahoma
1: right. State. But but if they continue with the theme of barely squeaking out the wins, what does that do for their case? That's what I'm saying. If they have to probably start winning a couple of these games comfortably in order to move ahead of Cincinnati, in my eyes.
0: Well, but at the same time, look at how Cincinnati's been the last three weeks. they barely, week yeah. yeah. barely beat Wilson. They've barely beat – you know, they struggle with Tulane. So they're starting to struggle too – I just think now because Oklahoma is starting to play top 15 team, it's an interesting debate to me, Oklahoma, yeah. Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, that'll be uh and again, be- it's all going to
1: play itself out because at this present moment in time, I think Oklahoma is going to lose a game. I think that uh, Michigan and Michigan state are both going to get a second loss. I think that um, Oregon's going to lose and the Bama Georgia thing. We just don't know. Um, so I think it's all going to play itself out. And you know who's sitting there, PJ, with only one loss at this present moment in time? Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame is still sitting there with one loss. And if all the other dominoes that I mentioned fall, they've got a couple of good wins on their resume. They and do. they have the brand recognition that the committee will never admit to. But they'd always like to have Notre Dame in it if they could have Notre Dame in it because that's a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money. Um, yeah, still the, in problem, it, so.
0: the problem with Notre Dame, though, is that they end the season with Georgia Tech at Stanford. So not, yeah, not ideal cool. if you want to make the playoff. I see yeah. what you're saying, though. I mean, look, if teams keep losing, somebody's got to move up. So,
1: well, All right, but so, so again, do you think Oklahoma's going to lose the game? That's a good question. I do. Okay, so they have one loss at least. Do you think Michigan State and Michigan get a second loss? I do. Okay. Do you think Cincinnati, well, Cincinnati could run the table? I don't think that has much of an impact on notre dame right um because you know since i beat notre dame i think oregon's um, gonna lose again you think oregon's gonna lose so
0: let me ask you this do you think a two loss bama has a better shot than a one loss notre dame
1: that's what i was getting to that's (laughs) what i was gonna get to so we have oregon with a second loss we have michigan state michigan with a second loss we have oklahoma with a loss cast those four teams aside that leaves us with georgia alabama ohio state Cincy and Notre Dame those five teams and that's what I was going to say if Bama only loses to Georgia and if Notre Dame runs the table which team gets in as the fourth team because Georgia's in undefeated Cincinnati's in undefeated Ohio State's in as a one-loss conference champ it comes down to two-loss Bama one-loss Notre Dame who's the fourth team it's
0: It, it depends on how the game looks. If if Bama clearly looks like they belong on the field with Georgia, like in the past where Georgia should have won those games against Bama but didn't, if it's one of those where Bama has just dominated the whole game, they're up by two scores, and then Georgia comes back and rallies late, I think they got a real it's, shot.
1: It's tough because Bama's big argument would be, well, our two losses are good losses because we lost to the perfect Georgia team and we lost to a Texas A&M team that's at eleven. But then Notre Dame turns around and says, "Well, our only loss is to a team team in in the playoff playoff, in Cincinnati." So, and
0: and also, uh, and you look at Notre Dame now, and that Wisconsin uh, win is looking a lot better with how they're playing now. Um, I can't remember they beat Wisconsin. I feel like they have another solid win. They beat Purdue, Um,
1: which they beat Purdue, which is all of a sudden looking better. Purdue has knocked off a couple of top teams. They beat UNC um unc what are they um they beat they beat virginia tech on the road they beat usc uh they beat navy So, so
0: so yeah wisconsin right so i guess wisconsin is definitely their their best win for sure i mean look purdue beats ohio state this weekend now that win's looking real good joe that's very interesting a one loss notre dame and a two loss bama by a field goal to georgia would be uh and all those other teams losing we'd That's have ourselves yeah. we'd have ourselves some fun that would be interesting. Yeah. No, absolutely. So again, every week something happens. I'm sure this week will be the same and we will touch on it next week and see what happens. Joe, we go to the NFL now. We are already in week 10. Nobody wants to win the AFC just when you think <laughs> maybe you have it figured out. The Ravens play probably the worst game I've ever seen in the John Harbaugh era. So my question to you is who is your favorite in the AFC?
1: Still think it's the Buffalo Bills, PJ. Yeah, I, I do too. They're still the most complete team. Even more inexplicable than the Ravens' lost to the Dolphins is the Bills' lost to the Jaguars. How crazy is it last team. week?
0: I said, would you rather take Denver over Dallas or would you rather take Jacksonville over Buffalo? And you're like, ugh, neither.
1: But if I had to
0: choose...
1: I said neither, but if I had to choose Denver. It's <laughs> they unbelievable. Both won. I mean, crazy. <laughs> they both won. Mm-hmm. Um, they Look, Josh Allen's terrific. Uh, their run game has to improve. I'm very oh disappointed gosh. in what Singletary and Moss have done. I had a lot higher hopes for them. And if they could start running the ball a little bit better, it frees them up in the passing game with Sanders and Diggs and Beasley a little bit more. Uh, Dawson Knox has to get healthy again. They miss him um, the, with a the couple games that he's missed. So when they're running full speed, like if, if they get the, the running backs into it a little bit more, and then, again, chain reaction, free up the passing game a little more. They're the team to beat that defense's lights out. Um, but then after saying all that, watch them go out and lose to the Jets this week and, and go back-to-back losses to the Jaguars and the Jets. Um, so who knows? But the Bills are the most complete team. I'm going to hop back on the Chiefs' bandwagon, too. Not, not the best based on the resume so far, but in terms of, like, we talked about the committee and projecting – The defense has has shown me baby steps these last couple of weeks. The opponents haven't been good. I'm not saying the opponents have been good. But the things that were plaguing them in, in in the big losses they've had, they cleaned them up a little bit against the Giants. They cleaned them up against the Packers. Mahomes came out and said his piece about kind of finally realizing now, like it's okay to punt them deep. And part of the reason why the defense had struggled so much is because they were on the field a lot. And because the field position battle was terrible, because the Chiefs are minus 11 in the turnover battle this season. Mm. So, some of the things that they were working on, uh, that they were having issues with, they've cleaned off the last two games. Again, granted, it was the Giants, granted, it was Jordan Love. um, This week, Sunday night at the Raiders, a team that have always given them trouble, that's going to be a big test. They follow that up with the Cowboys. So, that's a true test because that might be the best offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have their bye week that's the big thing here that I'm hanging my hat on spags teams when he's been the defensive coordinator they've always been better down the stretch of the season back when he won the Super Bowl with the Giants back when he was with the Rams and since he's been with the Chiefs where they'll finish the season with a 28th ranked defense but but you'll see you know getting into the playoffs they'll show the graphic defensive rankings since no since Thanksgiving and there they are like third he's he's terrific at that of of then kind of taking the bye week taking the data and molding the defense a little bit differently down the stretch. So if Mahomes gets out of his Valley and, and he's starting to figure things out, defensively spags, let's not forget about the chiefs just because of how bad they played early in the season. Um, this is one of those where I think they'll have a positive progression to the mean of what we expected them to be and talent for talent position by position. They're right up there in the AFC, obviously. So uh, I'm saying the bills for now, But I'm keeping a close eye on the Chiefs getting back to what they were with with the last couple of weeks.
0: Uh, I would agree with you. I think the Bills are the best team. Joe, I think it's fascinating. The Bills and the Chiefs, I think the NFL, and we see it, you know, whenever the new, whether it's the Wildcat or it's these up-tempo offenses, after a year or two, they kind of adjust. And the Bills and Chiefs the last couple of years have just abandoned the running game because they believe so much in their past games. And now the NFL is starting to catch up to it. And all of a sudden, these offenses that were exploding for points are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. So I agree with you, Buffalo, Kansas City. Kansas City, you know, you look at the numbers after Clyde Edwards-Alaire got hurt, and they've been staggering how much they've just missed him on the field. He should be back this week or next week. Yeah, so uh, we'll see see what him coming back does. Um, Team I would watch out for is Cleveland. OBJ out of the way. They've For had 12. injuries. They're gonna get healthy though. We'll see if Chubb plays this week with the COVID test. Um, Hunt's out, but Dearness has been great, and Hunt's gonna come back. The defense is getting healthy. And uh I I just Cleveland to me after Buffalo, I think is the just is the second best roster, the most talented team in the NFL. And the way that they play translate late in the season and into the playoffs, run the football, smash smash mouth, good defensive line, capable defense. Um, And they put a statement on Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati was coming off an awful loss to the Jets. You knew they wanted to bounce back. Cleveland was coming off of a bad home loss against the Steelers. You had two teams that were coming off tough losses that were playing head-to-head, and Cleveland went on the road and beat the Bengals like they did. I think that tells you a lot. We all know the numbers when Odell isn't there, how much better Baker is. I think there's something to that. Um, so Cleveland is the team I would watch out for outside of Buffalo and obviously Kansas City. Um, but Cleveland would be my team that that I would worry about.
1: Yeah, I get big 2007 Giants vibes out of the Browns. That's a good call there. With the, they, they could have that. Um, that one-two punch at running back, like the Giants had Brandon Jacobs and I'm on Bradshaw, and they had Danny Ware as a good third guy to come in. You have Chubb, you have Hunt, you have the Ernest Johnson now as a revelation. You have good but not great receivers around them. You have a good but not great quarterback in Baker and Eli, and you have a lights-out defensive front and a really good defense overall. That is the parallel I draw to this Browns team, is that Giants team that won the Super Bowl uh, back in 07. So I I could see them catching fire here
0: and with that being said you know i look at the nfl slate i pretty much have a lean on like every game kind of what side i would take cleveland new england this week Not a no part of it Not absolutely none you could convince me on new england you could convince me on cleveland i don't want any part of it um so we'll see what happens that should be that should be a good game Got some guts. Some yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to for that big
0: time. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, Joe. So now we will head to best bets and trivia. I had a great week in best bets. I won four out of the five. Of course, the one game I lost was my number one. San Francisco, I got them at minus two. They closed at minus five and a half after Kyler and DeAndre went out. And what do they do? They lose by 14. So that's San Francisco
1: last week was that kind of week in the NFL where just everybody fell and nothing made sense. Oh my,
0: nothing made sense. Um, and then, uh, you went two and three, you did win your three pointer and four pointer. Um, so now you are 26 and 24 on the season with 79 points. I am 29 and 21 with 90 points.
1: Close. We're still close. Uh, Yeah.
0: So, uh, all right, Joe, you want to go first with your number five?
1: Yeah, I'll go first with number five. You mentioned it earlier, and that's why I keep it at number five, because I could see late maybe the score changing. Baylor plus six and a half at home against Oklahoma. Um, Again, the look-ahead spot last week, and then coming back and having that game this week. I think Baylor matches up well. I think Baylor keeps it close. i make it number five because, like I said, I could see this game being 27-23 Oklahoma late and Baylor trying to come back, but then Oklahoma scores again. Something like that. Um, But I I could see Baylor winning outright. Uh, I lean Baylor outright. I take them plus six and a half and I make it my number five pick just because again, that's six and a half is a scary last second backdoor loss right there. So I'll make it my number five,
0: my number five. I'm going with a two touchdown favorite in college. I'm going Oregon state minus 12 and a half against Stanford. And this is all about fading the Cardinal Joe. I watched Stanford and Utah last Friday night. That game was over at the kickoff. It was ugly. Uh, Stanford's quarterback Tanner McKee is hurt and out and this backup that Stanford has playing is just atrocious he started the season against Kansas State their offense was abysmal now he played again against Utah their offense was abysmal so I can't see that changing anytime soon Oregon State's trying to get to a bowl game they're going to be fully motivated the game's in Corvallis Uh, I just I don't see how Stanford scores more than 10 points, their defense hasn't been great either. Oregon State, as long as they get into the 30s, this will be an easy cover. So I like the Beavers at home, minus 12 and a half.
1: Consider this one, but then I was like, this is that Pac-12 game that makes no sense and Stanford's <laughs> going to win by a touchdown. So yep, I laid off of it. <laughs> I laid off of it. That's fair. Um, number four for me, uh, a Big Ten Slugfest special. Minnesota, Iowa, the total is 37 and a half (laughs) under, under 37 and a half in that game. It's supposed to be uh, in the upper thirties with 12 mile an hour winds, two teams that don't pass the ball much anyway, are going to have to abandon the pass entirely. So they might as well play this game with a running clock because it's going to be between both of these teams, the way they play PJ remind me to look it up next week for the show in hindsight, then, I will say that 85% of the play calls in this game will be runs. Not going to have much. I'm not stoppage. taking the under
0: on that. Yeah. What? I'm not taking the under on that. I agree with you on the 85. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd yeah. be over.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking under 37 and a half. This game screams like 13 to six Iowa or like something like that. So <laughs> I think it's under and I think it's like comfortably under 37 and a half.
0: Um, my number four, Arkansas minus three at LSU, Joe, LSU almost beat Bama last week. They put so much energy and effort into that game. It reminded me a lot of Rams and bucks earlier in the season where Sean McVay was so jacked on the sideline and you could see how much that game meant to him. Coach O know he knows he's done at the end of the year. So what was the one game he had circle left? It was Bama. He wanted to beat Bama. He wanted to go out that way. They lost that. They put everything into it. Now they're back home against Arkansas. There won't be a great crowd there. LSU's got nothing to play for. But Arkansas is trying to build on this great season. Again, they're at five wins. They're trying to get to a bowl. Sam Pittman does not strike me as a coach that will ever have his team let down. They're going to want to run the football. LSU has been struggling against the run this year. They were great against Bama, but teams like Kentucky and Ole Miss have gashed them this season. I think this could be another one of those games i always hate betting against lsu at night at death valley but i think this is a good spot for it i like arkansas minus three
1: all right i'm going to the nfl now for my next three uh chargers minus three at home against the vikings uh the chargers hit a little bit of a valley um, and, and they grounded out last week coming east against philadelphia but they're significantly better than the vikings and there's some missing components of that vikings defense and the vikings are just inventing ways to lose games um chargers let's not forget i think about how how talented of a team they are uh only a field goal at home feeling worst case i get a push maybe if it's a closer game than i expect but i can see the Chargers winning this game like 31 21 34 24 uh taking it by double digits so i'll take the minus three
0: My number three, Joe, I think Oregon could go down this weekend. I like Wazoo plus 14. We've talked about it. Oregon's going to lose. It's not going to be the ABC primetime game when you're watching them. It's going to be the 1030 ESPN when everybody's asleep on the East Coast. That's when the Pac-12 works its magic. You talk about the sandwich spot. Oregon played Washington last week, a rivalry game in the rain. They have Utah next week. A lot of people are going to like Utah in that game. And here comes Wazoo in there. Behind the whole Rolovich fiasco, Wazoo's playing really good football. They won three straight. And we know Oregon at home as a two-touchdown favorite has just been terrible these last couple years. Way too many points. My favorite college bet of the week, Wazoo plus 14 against Oregon.
1: All right. Staying in the NFL, um, which one of these two do I want to make number two and which one do I want to make number one? I guess it doesn't matter in the end. Um, I'll go with the bigger number as the number two, just in case there's a backdoor. Number two, Cowboys minus nine at home against the Falcons coming off of a stinky loss against the Browns last week at home. Quinn is going to want to stick it to his former team. Uh, He's going to be blitzing the statue that is Matt Ryan so much in this game. So much. Uh, Micah Parsons might have a couple of sacks and like, this is going to be, I think, I just think a, a, a bludgeoning personally, where the Cowboys are going to, be pissed off about last week, want to remind everybody that, yes, they are Super Bowl contenders. Um, And this game is maybe 34-20, maybe something like something in that neighborhood where it never – and maybe before that it's 34-13 and the Falcons score late. Like, I don't think the Cowboys are ever going to feel like they're in trouble in this game and they get back on track after last week's loss.
0: My number two, we talked about it, Kansas City minus two and a half against Las Vegas. Kansas City, they've been winning their last couple games. You mentioned that the defense has been playing better. It's not against great competition, but they're still playing better. Um, And, look, Vegas, Joe, we know the month that they've had with Gruden and Ruggs, but not having Ruggs is huge. I know they got Deshaun Jackson, but he's not the same player that he was. The Raiders were one of the best big play offenses in football, not having that guy to stretch the field is huge. Kansas City has familiarity with Vegas. They know you got to shut down Waller. Vegas really still isn't getting that running game going. And uh, Kansas City, again, because we're getting it under the field goal, they've been so bad against the spread this year. But if Vegas wins, loses this game by one or two, so be it. But taking Kansas City at the two-and-a-half I think is good value. I like it the chiefs on the road to get the win
1: uh number one i'm going titans minus two and a half home against the saints um look everybody was kind of surprised with the way Simeon came in against the bucks and they still won that game it's a lot different when you come in as a backup we see it so many times you come in as the backup the other team thinks they're going to waltz through because the backup quarterback's in there but they weren't ready for the backup and what that change brings but then you get a week or two to prepare for that backup And it's a totally different story and they look like the backup that they are. Um, And the Titans, they, they're coming off of the big win against the Rams. Yes. But uh, they didn't seem like they missed Eric Henry too much. They got to the passing game a lot more. Um, The saints, man, like they're so up and down every week. And it doesn't seem like they're going to have Alvin Kamara in this game. And I don't know if they can rebound from not having Kamara as well as the Titans as a whole, can rebound from not having Derrick Henry. So I'll go with the Titans minus two and a half. Joe,
0: we've done this once before this year, and it featured the Saints, but not New Orleans is my favorite play of the week. Plus (laughs) two and a half against Tennessee. It worked out for me in week one when we went head-to-head with the Saints. I'm hoping it has the same luck. Um, Look, to me, this is all about the situational spot. How many big games in a row can the Titans just keep winning? They've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Chiefs, they beat the Colts, they beat the Rams. Last week, to me, more than anything, I think all week they heard how much they were going to struggle with Derrick Henry, and they took that personally. This week, I think they're heading in, and everybody's like, wow, maybe the Titans are going to be fine. That defensive line is playing out of its mind. Meanwhile, on the flip side, you have New Orleans coming off a home loss to Atlanta but I always love betting New Orleans on the road. They're such a good road team, especially when it comes to covering spreads. Tennessee at home, I don't love them either. They're usually a very funny home team, especially in these 1 o'clock kicks. We already saw in week one against Arizona how they can yeah, just get Arizona out. is
1: one of the best teams in the league, and yeah, that was week one. So that's, you, know, you kind of throw that way out a little bit.
0: But Tennessee also had Derrick Henry, and now they don't. So, so well, you think the offense wasn't affected much? I disagree. I think Tennessee's defense they were, was just they were, so flat yeah, out. Yeah, they were dominant. benefited.
1: They were benefited by the field position with those couple of terrible Stafford turnovers. But like, they still looked competent. Julio Jones looked a lot better. They stepped it up all around, and Tannehill took his game up a level as well. Um, but for me, it's more on the defense. Like that defensive front is going to make life hell for Trevor Simeon, who can't move. The only thing that I could see turning this game if this turns out to be a Taysom Hill game with a lot of gadget stuff, I could see Tennessee being in trouble, but I don't know that Sean Payton is going to go that route yet. I think he's going to give Simeon another week just playing himself um, before he dips into Taysom Hill, maybe next week, uh, just to see how it goes. Cause they were close last week against Atlanta uh, and lost in the end, obviously. So Trevor, Trevor Simeon earned at least one more game where he's the guy. Uh, but if he struggles in this game, and I think he will against the Titans defense. And next week I think turns into a Taysom Hill game and beyond that for the saints. So I like the way the Titans look at this one. And again, to the point of the, the saints covering well on the road, if this were like minus five and a half or minus six, for the Titans, I could have seen them keeping it close, but when it's two and a half, like you don't see a lot of one or two point games. So I'll, I'll go with the Saints. Uh, oh, Titans. I
0: think they're going to win outright. I mean, I'd, uh, I'd take New Orleans money line. I think this, this is my favorite play of the week. Love the saints. We'll see what happens uh should be a good game all right joe trivia now you're extending your lead you're up by three 27 to 24 um you can give me your question first so i can try and gain some ground real quick if you want uh, i hear it's pretty I tough it's a question. hard
1: question yeah i'll see how it goes and, and i think i'm gonna make a judgment call based on how it goes if i give it to you or not Okay. So I was looking at the Lions, how bad they are. And I was looking at some of the worst records we've seen, like in our lifetimes, um, there was a little bit of a gap there. There was a, there was a one in 15 team in 2000, a one in 15 team in Oh one. And then it went a few years. The next team that was supposed to go. Oh, and 16 was the Oh seven dolphins. Um, and they went one in 15. Since the Oh seven dolphins went one in 15, there have been five teams that have either got and 16 or one and 15, I want you to give me the team and the year has to be plus or minus one. So if you said the 2022 Lions that happened this year in 2021, I'd give it to you. Um, I want to shoot for four because two are gimmies here. So I want to shoot for four teams that have had at least 15 losses since 2008. There's five of them. I want you to give me at least four plus or minus a year.
0: Okay. So we got Jacksonville last year, 2020. Correct. Um, we have the Browns were one in 15 in 2016. Correct. Uh, oh, the Dolphins had a really bad year, but that was bad. Felix last year. So, I think that was before 2008. Uh, the Texans had a two-win year. It's probably Jacksonville again. Tennessee. The Colts. You're 30 ooh,
1: seconds into it.
0: When Peyton got hurt, the Colts were really bad. Did they win two games that year? Might have won one. I'll go, like, Colts 2011.
1: Incorrect. Okay. Um, Strike Steve- one, and you got about uh, about 50 seconds left.
0: Don't think it was the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals were ever that bad. Maybe the Browns again. Not the Steelers, not the Ravens. The Jets. Jets. They won two. 30
1: seconds to get, though.
0: Tampa, Atlanta, New Orleans. Lions, Packers, Bears. I mean, there are really that many teams. Seattle, San Francisco.
1: Huh? 15. I. It's
0: tough. Those were, those are the only two that I can remember. I remember a dolphins team that won one game. They beat the Ravens was their only win that year, but I think that was like 2006 or something.
1: It was 07. Um, yeah. 07. That's time. I yeah. hope you didn't understand my question. That's why I repeated it a couple times. I said teams since 07 that have lost at least 15 games. So you got the two hardest ones. I thought you were going to easily pull the Owen 16 teams. The Owen 16 Browns of 2017 and the Owen 16 Lions of 2008. I thought it'd be the one I thought it would be the one win teams that tripped you up of uh, the Browns in 2016 and the other team was the Rams who won one game in nine. I can't I thought you'd get the Owen 16 team.
0: The Browns I I didn't think they had gone
1: Owen 16. Hugh I Jackson thought they just year. went 1 and 15, but the Hugh Jackson year they went they went one and fifteen. That's right. They went one and fifteen in twenty sixteen, and their That's lone true. win was Christmas Eve last second field goal against the Chargers. And the following year, they went zero sixteen. And then, of course, the uh, the two thousand eight Lions. Who right.
0: The yeah, States. the Lions. Yeah, I I couldn't remember if they went zero in sixteen again, but now that you say that, that that makes sense. Damn.
1: So you know what? I I take it back. I I. I thought the hard part of this question. I feel less bad about it. You actually actually got the two that I thought you might not get, and you didn't get the two that I thought would be slam dunk. So I feel better about the question now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So who were – my question for you is take a trip down memory lane, go back to week one of the college football season, the top ten teams in college football. Can you tell me who seven of the top 10 teams were this season, this season in week one of the AP poll? All right, go ahead. Georgia and Bama had
1: to be in there. Bama was one. Georgia was five. Georgia was five to start this year. Yeah. God. Did Cincinnati start back half of the top 10?
0: They did. They were number eight.
1: Okay. That's three. Oklahoma was definitely in there. There were high hopes for Spencer Rattler.
0: They were number two. That is correct.
1: Okay. So that's one, two, three, four. Ohio State had to be in there five.
0: They were number four.
1: Yep. Um, was Notre Dame that high to start this year, or were they the teens? I got strikes to work with. I'll say Notre Dame. Correct. They were number nine. All right. 50 seconds left. And I have gotten six
0: yeah you need one, two, three, yeah you got six you need one more need probably should have given you eight instead of seven
1: we'll see how many i can get yeah um who has who who was good to start the year and has bottomed out 30 seconds oh wisconsin started probably high and then fell
0: not wisconsin no no
1: i thought with the losses they would have just fallen 20 seconds um 15 did a and m start in the top 10 they did they were number six right.
0: well done okay. 10 seconds uh, if i could get, get another more? one yeah you already got state. it
1: um i don't think oregon started All in there um three. did old miss because of corral started in there they did not no okay All All right. I got my seven
0: so the one you didn't get and it shows you what how bad they've been this year clemson was number three <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't that amazing they- they haven't even been on my mind for a month and a half. Isn't
0: that crazy? Because I thought nuts. when you when you said week one, you thought and you said Georgia, I thought you would think that they played Clemson week one, and then you'd be like, oh yeah, they were like really good to start. That's crazy. There. So Clemson was three. The other ones you missed. Iowa State was seven. Oh, okay. They had big-time hopes. And the number 10 was North Carolina with Sam Howell and
1: all that. Oh, stuff. right. Yeah, I can't uh, believe I didn't get Clemson. Hold well on. Notre Dame and A&M seven.
0: were the two pulls. I thought you would get Clemson, and then you would have to get A&M and Notre Dame, but you got it anyway.
1: So yeah, I, Clemson, They look, again, they've just been so <laughs> bad. So, so bad crazy that they didn't even cross my mind that's yep. bonkers from what we thought the season was going to be when it started
0: so well done for uh for getting that joe you. you're on a roll in trivia so you're up
1: now. 28 I 24 up i think
0: you've gotten them three weeks in a row if i'm correct maybe three something like last that awards. it's
1: make it's it's making up for for me blowing the lead that the little lead that i had in, in best bets now it's it's making up you're doing it. really I well the, the the thing that i'm proudest of uh, cause last year we struggled, I think for a little while. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm proudest of right now is we both have winning records right now in best bets. Cause you're 29 and 21 and I'm 26 and 24. Was it? Oh, in best so bets. Yeah. I'm thinking of trivia records. and I'm yeah. like, we don't know. No, no, no. No. Yeah. We, we both, we <laughs> yeah. both have winning records right now in best bets. Yeah. So
0: Best bets. have actually been pretty, pretty solid. You, I mean, look, you two, anytime you're over 500, that's the key. Yeah. So. uh, so yeah. yeah, pretty good stuff. Hopefully, it continues. And next week for we get type. more.
1: Yeah, next week we get more in depth in college basketball. Uh huh. Next week we maybe figure out a little bit more about the NFL. Yep. Um, this week could unveil a lot as far as the college football rankings. If Oklahoma goes down, if Michigan stays alive, if we get your potential upset special of Oregon going down. So we're going to learn a lot this week. Joe, when you wake
0: up at 2 a.m. on Sunday on, uh, when you wake up at, you know, 9 a.m. on Sunday and you didn't watch that game, I'm telling you. Yeah. Positive. could happen. <laughs> Sprinkle a little on the money line.
1: We'll see what happens. All right, PJ. Next week, episode 68. Um, then it's Thanksgiving week already, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Next week and then Thanksgiving week. So TBD, I guess if we have an episode to our listeners for Thanksgiving week, because I'm traveling home. Back out of Florida for the off season on Monday and Tuesday, and then Thanksgiving's Thursday. So TBD, but we'll have an episode next week. And um, regardless, like we, we have been all year, if we don't have an episode Thanksgiving, we we will have ourselves best bets. And don't forget PJ, like last year on Thanksgiving, we have three. bonus. We did we did three picks each on Thanksgiving, followed by our full five for the weekend slate. So we'll have eight total picks for best bets Correct. this um, year
0: for Thanksgiving. We'll make it that you can do spread total or you can do a player prop for that game how about that you like that okay let's do like it that? yeah let's do all that i right. love that all right okay cool
1: all right well good till stuff. next time for pj glasser and joe malpha thanks for tuning in it's 68 next week pj we're, yes, we're two weeks away from our nicest episode in the history of the show so. <laughs>